This is episode 171 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life. Today's articles are Long-Term Preparedness for Your Baby or Toddler and Cold Turkeys, Prepping for When the Meds Run Out. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey, uh, earlier today, uh, Zevio posted in the Facebook group. And uh, Zevio lives in, in Puerto Rico. And he posted, uh, anyone with experience building rocket stoves out of tin cans. I am in Puerto Rico living through the apocalyptic aftermath of Hurricane Maria. There is a leptospirus scare and water needs to be boiled, but I'm trying to conserve propane by using it only for cooking. I'm specifically wondering about the shape of the chamber chimney where an upside-down funnel-type design using a larger can at the bottom is more effective than a simple L-shape of equal width throughout and insulation materials. So, uh, I, I, you know, this is, what I, this is why I love the Facebook group because this is what it's about. Uh, so first of all, Zevio, man, we—if uh, you're a listener to the podcast, which I'm assuming you are—and uh, and if you have access right now, I know that uh, uh, that they're trying to float balloons up there to to, to have internet up, uh, access for people out there so that they can communicate. But um, I mean, our prayers are with you, uh, definitely. But uh, you know, I I immediately wasn't I wasn't sure about the the funnel type. What he was talking about every rocket stove article that I have ever posted on Purple website or even the videos have always been more of that L-shaped and I think it's more because of the the, the airflow you, you need that there uh, but I thought probably something that would be better would be an up updraft uh, a top lift updraft uh, wood gas stove and I did a review on the solo stove but with tin cans you can make your own it'd be very very effective so I shared out uh, a video that I had linked to uh, on that review by uh, permies.com by Paul Wheaton at permies.com and and uh, you know share that with them and then I know you know Barbara was talking about maybe some other you know doing uh, doing the rocket stoves and she provided some other links which I, I think that's great I mean that's what it's about it's about learning and you know not 100% sure how to do things but it is about learning and uh, providing the resources out there and uh, people you know chimed in so I thought that was great. Um, the other thing, though, that this kind of speaks to is uh, the fact that you should have ways, you know, various ways, redundancy. So he has propane and he has a he has a way to, to heat food, but you want a way to you know, possibly like boil water and uh, having something already made up. You know, that's like one of those weekend projects, right? Uh, maybe you could do it with the kids, or maybe you just do it on your own. But you do a wood gas. Uh, burning stove or, or a wood uh, you have a rocket stove that you kind of make uh, and uh, and you, you know just go out there and start playing around with it and uh, get a little bit of experience with it and that way you always have it I mean it's one of those things where you can kind of collapse it you know on itself or you just kind of stack it and then you just put it in a garage or you put it in a shed and and it's there it's good to go so uh, tin cans if you if you need tin cans uh, one of the sources, uh, because I, I worked in education, is like cafeterias. Uh, you know, you, you might uh, buy those big uh, number 10 cans, 
Uh, maybe you do like a big batch of beans, or or you know maybe you're cooking with them. Uh, but uh, if you if you're not you're not using things that that oh, that size, you're not cooking with cans that size. Is what I'm trying to say. Man, I, I'm just I'm having trouble speaking. I think sometimes the later I go. Last night, um, here I'm gonna chase a tangent, guys. Sorry. Last night I deleted, <laughs> I deleted probably about seven minutes worth of uh, of audio because uh, it was super late. I didn't get a lot of sleep last night. Uh, we went to a pastors meeting, got home really late, and I recorded. And uh, I started rambling, and it just started rambling. And and after I finished it, I started listening to it. Uh, I listened to the end part because I was like, you know what? I don't really feel good about that last part. I was like, man, that's not good at all. So I cut out. It, literally, it was seven about seven minutes worth of just rambling. I'm like, I can't, I can't do that uh, anymore. But uh, I, I am, I, I do need to get to, to bed a little earlier today. I'm trying to trying to do the podcast a little bit earlier than normal. Uh, but anyway, that's you know I think that's one of the the things um, th- that that is beneficial. And anyway, I was talking about cafeteria, so maybe a school cafeteria, or maybe there is uh, you know a big uh, a restaurant that that cooks with them. You know, maybe you could hit them up too and uh, get a couple of tin cans, those big number ten cans, or even if you can get bigger ones than that, th- those are great. You can also get empty because um, in the in the video that I. Uh, that I shared out from uh, Permies, uh, Paul Wheaton. The guy uses a tin, uh, not a tin can, uh, a paint can. Uh, but you can buy uh, unused paint cans, like at Home Depot, and I even think uh, maybe Walmart. Because uh, at one point I I wanted to make a, um, actually I bought a smaller paint can, empty paint can, so that I can make one of those uh, stoves where you, you stick a, a a roll of toilet paper in there and then you pour. Um, alcohol in it and then you kind of use that as a stove in, in, in an emergency if you ever needed something like that and uh, so I saw one I believe it was Home Depot but you can be the, you can buy the bigger ones the one gallon like paint size and uh, possibly use that and that one comes with the lid which would be very very helpful so if you go watch that video you, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about but uh, I think it's very helpful to have you know maybe make some of those up and play around with them and uh, there's a lot of different uh, types of scenarios out there as far as uh, different plans for wood gas, but the one that uh, it was in this video, it seems to be like a really, really good one if you're uh, if you're into making one of those. Hey, uh, if you're into uh, you know, I talk about my faith often, and I do I don't uh, I don't hide the fact that I am a Christian or a pastor. Uh, one of the things that I am interested in is current events and, and prophecy. If you are into that, I do um, link to a bunch of videos that I kind of watch throughout the week. Over at edthatmatters.com. I used to do it at prepperchurch.com when I uh, had that uh, that website hosted, but I uh, went ahead and I took a break from that for a while. But uh, I, I just think things are kind of crazy, uh, and I, I was still listening to them. So I'm like, you know what? Let me just go ahead and take the time to, to drop them down on the on the, um, the website because I know that other people are interested as well. Uh, but and, and I know that because people go to the website because they're uh, they they see the link. And then they want to go check it out, and so they're watching the different videos. And so I've got four videos there that might be of interest to you over at edthatmatters.com. I'll link to it in the show notes if you're interested in that. Always good stuff there, and always, uh, you know, like John Haller always brings out uh, current events that I'm not I'm not aware of. You know, um, very very helpful there. And then uh, you know, I've got one from Jacob Prash, uh, Amir Sarfati, 
and then Jason A. If you've never seen Jason A, there's no real, um, it's just news, news articles uh, or newscasts that he kind of strings together. And, uh, you know, no, uh, he doesn't talk in there or anything like that. There's a little bit of music and, uh, I don't know, kind of interested and spooky for you maybe. All right, so uh, our first article comes to us from survivalblog.com. And the, uh, the article is entitled, Long-Term Preparedness for Your Baby or Toddler. Now, right off the bat, you might not be thinking like, hey, yeah, that's not even a topic that I, I need to really pay attention to. But, so here's the thing, uh, the people that are writing this, KF, who's writing this, uh, thought the same thing, same way, you know, but then all of a sudden, you know, they're, they believe that they're, they might be expecting uh, a baby. And so what do you do in, in that situation? And so uh, if, you, if you read any of the dystopian novels or even if you ever think that it could get to a poop hits the fan uh, situation, I mean, people aren't going to stop having babies and people are going to start continue to, to, to have babies. I mean, we've been having babies since the very beginning of time, right? And so, uh, but we're just so used to our modern day of, of, of medicine that a lot of people have forgotten how to, how to do that, how to help uh, a mother give birth and, and what kinds of things you need to do. Now, this article doesn't necessarily go into, uh, go into all that. Uh, this is a little bit more about food and, and things like that. Uh, but Dr. Bones, and the reason I'm, I'm saying that, because Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy on their, on their podcast recently uh, did have uh, back-to-back, I believe, weeks where they talked about that. Um, Nurse Amy is a, a midwife practitioner, and so she uh, she has all that all that information, all that skill. But you know, one of the things I think about is like if the poop did hit the fan. I've got young boys, you know, uh, and eventually, if you know, they get married and and maybe they have wives or something like that, and the poop hits the fan, uh, you know, we could be dealing with that, right? We could be dealing with that scenario. And uh, what do you do there? Um, the other thing that I was thinking about too is that you might not even have to go into a poop hits the fan situation you could possibly be into a situation where uh just medical you know going to the doctor going to the hospital going to the emergency room becomes so expensive that you can't go and right now you go to an emergency room and they're going to see you right i mean if you you go in there they're going to see you if you don't have the money normally they they bill you and that's why a lot of people have problems with with it because i mean anybody can go in there and uh and you know get get their uh uh, you know, get help, right? So they're not going to turn people away. But what if it got to a situation where medicine got so expensive that people weren't going to the emergency rooms? Because a lot of people do um, because they don't have insurance or anything like that. They uh, they just, you know, they're pregnant. And then as soon as they start feeling the labor pains or they feel like the, the baby is about to come, they, they go to the emergency room and they have it there at the emergency room. But what if it gets to the situation where you can't go to the emergency room because they're going to say, wait a minute, before we take you in here, you need to have, you know, let's see your, let's see your credit card. Let's see your, your checkbook. Let's see you've got a prepay or something along those lines. What would we do? You know, what would we do? There'd be a lot of people that, uh, you know, this kind of situation, they'd be having home birth and what do you do there? So uh, just a topic that, uh, I mean, really you can kind of take it, you know, a bunch of different places. Um, this one is part one of long-term preparedness for your baby or toddler. We already have part two up on Prepper website, but uh, I wanted to go ahead and read this one. So let's go ahead and get started. Uh, long-term preparedness for your baby or toddler. Feeding your baby or small child. 
consider feeding your baby or small child in the midst of tropical storms flooding in with threats from nuclear testing. As world events are painting an increasingly grim picture, my husband and I have felt the urgency to set aside some backup resources in case of a long-term emergency. My husband is the must-have-a-plan-for-everything kind of guy. Therefore, he has excitedly mapped out our emergency storage space along with the details of its contents. He is an avid outdoorsman, so many of the items that we would need for long-term preparedness are either already in our arsenal or familiar to him in some capacity. But when we found out we were expecting a baby, it added a whole other level of things to consider. How do you feed a baby or toddler in a long-term emergency? What about diapers, medicine? With my background of farming, gardening, and canning, suddenly my area of expertise became valuable for our emergency storage preparation. Below are a few of the things that I find essential to have on hand when preparing to sustainably care for a baby or toddler in a long-term emergency situation. Home canned foods. It is widely known that home canned foods are some of the most nutritional options for long-term storage. Typically, with a shelf life of two, and two to five years, these should remain help, healthful long past the time required for feeding a baby or toddler. Before our baby girl was born, I took advantage of the abundant autumn produce at our local farmer's market. I purchased a bounty of winter squash, organic carrots, and pears and took them home to put away for storage. Even though we are not in the emergency situation at this time, I am very grateful that I took the initiative to do this because these foods are a daily staple for us right now when she's 8 months old. Even though our daughter might move on to more normal food soon, I plan on replenishing my supply this fall to set aside enough resources for future children. A balanced diet and essential vitamins and minerals. When planning for emergency storage, it's important to include foods that allow a balanced diet and provide essential vitamins and minerals for your baby or toddler. It sounds gross to those of us with spoiled taste buds, but my 8-month-old daughter loves liver and it provides the healthy amounts of iron that she needs to grow strong bones and teeth. It's ideal to purchase grass-fed organic liver to feed your baby. This is because the liver is a filtering organ and you want to make sure that you aren't feeding your child junk. Raw pack pressure canning is my chosen storage method because all of the nutrients are cooked together and not leached out by pre-boiling. This means that a broth left in a jar after the food is consumed is full of healthy vitamins and minerals. I often use this broth as a cooking liquid for quinona or oatmeal for my baby and it's, it's fun to know that I'm giving her more vitamins than I would be providing with just plain water. Not pureed food. Another thing you might notice is that I do not store pureed, pureed food. The reason is, is that I think it is essential for babies to learn how to use their chewing mechanism as soon as possible. When you pressure can raw items, the long high pressure cooking will make them soft enough that they will turn into mush if you pinch them between your fingers. You always want to double check this before feeding to your infant to make sure it isn't a choking hazard. Personally, I prefer being able to pick up bite-sized chunks of soft food with my fingers and teach her how to do that herself, rather than feed my baby puree with a spoon. Any of these pressure canned items can easily be mashed into a rough puree if you prefer. Amounts and Options when considering the amounts to store, I plan on one pint jar of food per day while breastfeeding and two jars of food per day post-breastfeeding. While these aren't the only options, we keep the following items to feed our baby in our emergency storage space. 
Butternut, squash, and carrots contain lots of vitamin A, protein, calcium, vitamin C, carbohydrates, and many other vitamins and minerals that are essential for a baby's health. Bone broth is packed full of naturally occurring gelatin that is great for developing muscles, bones, joints, and teeth. It is a great addition to a baby's diet. Quinoa, quinoa, and I know I'm saying that wrong, I'm sorry. Uh, I don't eat the stuff though. Uh, quinoa is a high protein, high fiber, iron, and vitamin rich grain that is healthful and filling. It is also one of the most soft, allergy friendly, and palatable grain options for babies and small children. Pears are high in fiber and vitamin C. These are a great treat for my baby girl and they are easy to chew and sweet to the taste. Grass-fed liver and red meats are a surprising suggestion for babies, but they are inarguably one of the best foods to give a child for iron and protein content. Just, just ensure that you give your baby small enough pieces for them to swallow as the liver tends to be a bit chewy after pressure canning. Alright, so uh, some people might have problems with that liver and, and meats giving it to the baby, but I guess it kind of depends on uh, how old they are as well. Uh, you know, when you're talking about uh, giving giving that to them. All right, continuing on. As an additional resource, a very helpful dry stored food item that we keep on hand is organic oatmeal. This can be cooked in the leftover juices from any of these canned items, and it makes a very healthy option to use to stretch your canned goods. Properly packed, oatmeal will safely store for a long time. Here's some basic recipes. Below you can find my basic recipe that I use to can various baby foods. Please keep in mind that canning must be done in a clean, sterile environment while ensuring that the inside of the jar and the lid remain sterile until sealed. If I do anything that causes me to doubt whether or not something has been compromised, I clean and sterilize them again. So canning veggies and pears for baby toddler. Supplies need to, needed to can butternut squash, carrots, pears, and other veggies. A large saute pan, clean pint-sized canning jars, Canning jar rings, make sure they match the size of the jar. New canning jar lids, make sure they match the size of the jar lids. Pressure canner, I use a Presto 23 quart, which fits 18 pint jars per batch. White vinegar and a clean rag or towel. Bring one inch of water with one tablespoon of vinegar to a boil in the saute pan. Sterilize your jars, lids, and rings by boiling, steaming them. I turn my jars upside down in the water so that they can steam and then I toss the lids into the spaces in between. Peel and cube your fruit or vegetables into baby bite-sized pieces. Be aware that butternut squash has a self-defense mechanism that causes it to excrete an astringent sap when damaged. This sap will break down the first layer of your skin. Using a towel to hold the squash while you peel and cut it will help. Fill your sterilized jars to the neck with raw cubed vegetables or fruit. Sometimes I add cooked quinoa for a protein boost. Then fill jars with filtered water or you can also use highly nutri nutritive bone broth if you have it on hand to the point where the jar begins to bend at the neck. Dip your clean rag or towel into the boiling water that was used to sterilize the jars and wipe the rim of the jar ensuring that no residue or juice will get between the seals. Once touching the exterior of the lid, a canning magnet helps immensely with this. Place the lid on top of the jar and fix the rings well, but not too tight. Once all of your jars are full, pressure can them for 60 minutes while following your individual pressure canner's instructions. Canning liver or meat. Pork or beef liver supplies. 
a large saute pan, clean pint-sized canning jars, canning jar rings, make sure they match the, they match the size of the jar, new canning jar lids, make sure they match the size of the jar lids, pressure canner, I used a Presto 23 quart with a, which fits the 18 pint jars per batch, white vinegar and a clean rag or towel. Bring one inch of water with one tablespoon of vinegar to a boil in the saute pan. Sterilize your jars, lids, and rings by boiling or steaming them. I turn my jars upside down uh, into the water so that they can steam, and then I toss the lids into the spaces in between. So that's just a repeat there, all that. All right, so here we go. Dice raw liver into one-fourth inch cubes. It's easiest to do this while mostly frozen, and freezing first will kill any parasites that might be present in the meat. Remember, these cubes need to be an easy size to swallow in order to avoid choking. Fill your sterilized jars to the neck with the raw liver. Sometimes I add cooked quinoa or brown rice and fill it with filtered water or, bo or bone broth to the point where the jar begins to bend at the neck. Dip your clean rag or towel in the boiling water that was used to sterilize the jar and wipe the rim of the jar ensuring that no liver residue or flood or I'm sorry, or blood will get between the seals, only touching the exterior or the lid. And again, the canning magnet will help here. Uh, place the lid on the jar, fix the rings. Once all your jars are full, pressure can them for 75 minutes while following your individual pressure canner instructions. All right, so uh, there's two recipes there. She says at the end in part two, we'll talk about sustainably diapering your baby or small child in a long-term emergency. Again, if you don't want to wait for that one, I don't know if I'll read it. It kind of just depends on uh, what, what articles are showing up uh, at that time on Prepper website. Uh, you can go over to PrepperWebsite.com where we link to um, you know, somewhere between 8 to 10 to 12 articles every single night. And uh, you know, try to stay uh, current on all the new preparedness articles there. And so we, we always link to the best of the best over there. So go check the, those out. Uh, you'll get so much good information over there. We also have uh, we also have pages uh, that you can go to uh, that deal with specific topics like firearms, uh, DIY, frugal living, alternative news, um, you know. And so you have those on the top right hand corner. You can go to those and and uh, even if you're into some conspiracy, we have conspiracy theory uh, theory page that's uh, that's that's over there for you. Um, I think this is interesting. Again, I think this is something that um, is going to be important because. Uh, back in the day when people had to take care of babies, it was all, I mean, that knowledge was there. It was just common knowledge. People knew what to do. Uh, nowadays, it's just, it's not, it's not there. And so, uh, you know, I, I think there's a whole, um, this whole aspect, a whole uh, library of knowledge that we don't have when it comes to babies because we, we depend on doctors, we depend on nurses, we depend on the internet to go, we depend on, you know, all that kind of stuff to go ask questions. And if that's not around, what are you going to do? And uh, again, I, I always think, you know, I always think in medical, we, we are medical, uh, you know, modern medical science is, is, is so awesome, right? Um, you know, it, 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 it does so much good out there. But at the same time, we're very, very dependent. And so if things get crazy uh, where you're not able to benefit from it anymore or you can't afford it and, and uh, you know, the, the hearts and minds of people change and they say, sorry, only the wealthy can afford this. Or only those that can afford it can, can do it. Uh, you know, I'm sorry, you poor people can't or, you know, even middle income, uh, you can't afford it. You know, uh, I'm sorry, you can't have medical care. So what are you going to do? 
Um, that's why I talk a little bit about essential oils and herbal medicine and those kinds of things. I think that's important. Actually, if you're part of the email list, I did send out uh, uh, an email today about lavender. Um, so hopefully you, uh, you, you got to take a look at that one. So that's over at survivalblog.com. Uh, again, long-term preparedness for your baby or toddler. Uh, there's some links here that you might be interested in. You can go check those out. And uh, there's about eight comments in the comment section. All right, we're going to go from one end of the spectrum all the way to the other. We're going to go from babies to now we're going to go all the way to talking about, you know, what if you don't have your important medicines uh, to, uh, to, to survive, right? Uh, if, uh, you know, I know that there's a lot of new people to preparedness here. Uh, you've, you found us on iTunes or you, find us, you found us uh, maybe just searching on your podcast uh, catcher and uh, you started listening. And, um, you know, if, if you're new to the podcast, you might not, uh, you know, know this book. But there is a book called One Second After. And it's, uh, if uh, you're not used to, like, apocalyptic dystopian novels... It'll scare the crap out of you, man. I mean, it will it will get you. It's a page turner, and then it will be one of those things where after you read it, it's kind of like, uh, you know, you start. You're kind of like in a fog. You you really are. At least at least I was, and I've talked to other people that were as well. Um, and so, um, because there's so many things that were going on in there, you know, I, I don't want to I don't want to spoil it for you if you haven't read it. Uh, I know a lot of people that are listening to the podcast have read it because it's it's one of those um, it's really not that old. It's not like a, a Last Babylon or anything like that, but it's a, it's a classic in the preparedness community. Uh, so, but anyway, one of the things that happens in there, one of the scenes is uh, there is like a, a mental hospital that uh, you know th- that uh, all the medicine is gone and 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 it's just you know what do you do with those people? What do you do with those people when they're not getting medicine? What do you do with people um, that don't have, uh, you know, their life-saving their drugs? You know what? You know that's that's crazy. And like I said, modern medicine is 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 so it's great. It allows people to to live and survive and live a lot longer than they would have. But what are you going to do when uh, when you know you can't refill your prescription? And so this uh, article comes to us from Beans, Bullets, Bandages, and You.com. And uh, the title of the, the article, again, is Cold Turkeys, Prepping for When Your Meds Run Out. So let's go ahead and read this one. It's not a very long one, but it's one of those that you kind of need to consider. A week or so ago, a friend of mine up and quit taking his prescribed medications. Didn't think it would be any big deal. Just a few days off the blood pressure drugs until he could get in to see his doctor. When he told me the story, I was surprised the blood pressure monitors actually read that high. And even more surprised, he was alive to tell the tale. No prepper likes the thought of running out of important supplies, but there's just no real way to put in a long-term stock of prescription medications, particularly those with the shorter shelf lives. If any emergency lasts long, some of us are going to run out. That poses two problems. One obvious the other not so much. You've no doubt figured out the obvious one, having to do without the benefit of the drug. I've written some other posts on ways to lessen the bite for particular conditions and will write more in the future. And sometimes there's just no good answer anyway. This post is about the second problem. Stopping a drug can create special problems. One of the recurring themes of how human bodies work 
They're always remodeling in response to the conditions they've been in. Lift heavy things, muscles get stronger. Take a drug, say to supplement your natural production of neurotransmitter, and you may ramp up your ability to destroy that drug and the natural neurotransmitter. If the drug suddenly goes away, you're left with your own natural but already scant supply of the chemical and a supersized ability to destroy it. You end up with a worse scarcity problem than if you'd never taken the drug at all. This is a transit problem as you'll readjust again if you survive the experience. There are other ways sudden removal of a drug can cause havoc too, but it's not really worth it to get into them all. The key point is that the time right around the drug stoppage can have special problems. Different drugs have different best approaches to stopping. Some drugs you can quit taking with no special drama beyond missing the effect. Yay. Others, you should quit cold turkey because while it won't be fun, that's the best way to get past the rough patch. Then there are drugs that really need to be tapered off so your body can adjust gradually. I've particularly heard this with regards to psych medications such as antidepressants. That doesn't mean there aren't other drugs it's important for. I'm not a physician and you shouldn't treat my attempts to raise awareness as definitive answers. For these, you have to plan ahead before you run out or things can go south in a hurry. Talk to your doctor or pharmacist now to get the scoop on anything you regularly take. There's no better time than now to ask the people who do have specific information so you're ready if the time comes. It's also a good time to ask them about potential interactions. If you've got, a, if you've got some non-prescription alternatives in mind, just in case, for example, if you've got arthritis, the prescription meds might do you much better than over-the-counter drugs, but the drugstore versions can be stockpiled and are way better than nothing. If, it's, if it were me, I'd want to know which ones worked with my condition and which ones could safely be con combined. All right, so like I said, very, very short article, but something that we need to think about. You know, um, there are uh, a lot of uh, seasoned preppers out there, you know, and I know that because, um, you know, when we send out the, when you join the email list, I send out a welcome email and uh, I ask you if you, if you have a chance, you don't have to, but if I, I would appreciate it if you would fill out a, just a two question survey. And I know that there are people out there, there are, young, there are young preppers that are listening or people, and you might not even be a prepper. Again, you might be new to the podcast. You might be new to this. Uh, maybe some of the ideas are kind of intriguing you and you're kind of like, I don't know, I'm kind of hanging out and seeing, you know, is Todd going to get kooky or not, right? And so uh, you might not even be a prepper, but there's, you, you might be on, on, on the cusp. You, you see that there's some, uh, there's some uh, you know, good reason probably that you should be a little prepared. And not only that, you see all the craziness in the world right now. But then there's so, I know that there's young preppers, but then there's older preppers out there. I mean, these, these older preppers, they want to survive. They want to thrive. They want to prepare. They want to do everything that everybody else who's fit and uh, who's, you know, who, who has all their, all the strength of, of being a young person or, or, you know, a 40 year old or whatever. But, you know, they do have some health problems and they do, they might have some medical issues as well. Now, I've always said that out in the preparedness community, I think that is, that is a website. I know that there's, there was one in the past. Um, it, it, it kind of went, it was going kind of strong and then it kind of just, uh, kind of petered out a little bit. 
but I think a website that is is uh, dedicated to older preppers and dealing with some of the things that older preppers face, man, I think that would be an important website. I'm just saying, I think that would be. If you are an older prepper and you know there are some of the things that you are dealing with out there, uh, like I, I know it's like, hey, mobility. I know that mobility is an issue. You know what? What would we do if we needed to bug out? Uh, but you know, we 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 can't. Uh, you know those kinds of things. You know, we still have skills that we can uh, uh, we can share. We might not be able to do a lot. We might get winded, but we we know a lot. We know a lot about gardening. We know a lot about you know whatever doing doing fixing things and stuff like that. And so uh, you know all those all those kinds of things. Um, man, I, I, there's so many so many ways that I want to go here with this with this one, um, but you need to you need to take that into consideration. I mean, so if you are a seasoned uh, a seasoned prepper out there, you know, talking thinking about some medications that you might have, and uh, you know, you, you might want to start having that conversation with your doctor, or maybe you are, you know, maybe you're you're a young prepper, but there are some medications that you're ta- taking that you have to take. You want to have that conversation with your doctor. And right now, I think, would be one of the best times to do it. And so you go into your doctor and you're like, hey, doc, I, um, you know, I'm watching these things, the stuff that's going on in Puerto Rico. And it really started getting, getting me thinking, right? Stuff that happened down in Houston and things that happened in Puerto Rico. And let's just say that things happened to where I couldn't, a natural disaster happened to where I couldn't get my medicine, right? Now, uh, some doctors would would just are going to try to shut you down and and go and uh, you know just get on to the next one because it's just they want to get you in and get you out and and bill you, but don't let them get away with that. You know, it's like whoa, whoa, doctor, no, look, this is something that I'm really thinking about. This is something that you know has kind of been on my mind, and really, you can kind of help me out. Maybe you know, maybe calm some fears or give me give me some ideas here. So. If I was in a situation like Puerto Rico where you know I wasn't able to get my medicine, what what do I need to do here? Do I need to taper off my medicine? Do I need to go cold turkey? Do I need to take it until I, I stop and then uh, you know take it full strength until it stops and then start substituting something else for it? You know what's the best course of action here if I was in a situation where there was no help coming like if I was in Puerto Rico? So now is the is the time to do that, right? Because um, you have something that is fresh on everybody's mind. Uh, and it's a current situation that's going on, so uh, you know they would uh, they would do that. So sometimes you got to push doctors a little bit. Um, I, I've gone to some doctors where I've had to, wanted to ask questions, and it's kind of like they want to come in and, and answer your answer your immediate issue, and then boom, they want to get out. And so you really got to like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, <laughs> doctor, wait. You know, so um, you know the ones who do that, they're not very good doctors. Um, a lot of people would say the ones who come in and uh, take a little bit of time with you. And uh, you know are gonna make you feel like you know they're gonna answer all your questions. Uh, those are the good, those are the good ones. If you have one a doctor like that, I mean, that's a good one. So um, wanted to just uh, continue talking uh, just a little bit out there um, because uh, my my father-in-law has diabetes, man, and he's he's insulin dependent. And uh, if you uh, read one second after or you have read it, you know exactly what I mean and what what possibly could happen. And so I know that we've talked about that because, you know, uh, uh, that's something that we uh, have 
uh, discussed in the past, you know, trying to, can we stockpile insulin as much as possible and have little vials, you know, where we can uh, stack them in the, uh, in the refrigerator and do a first in, first out type thing, you know. Uh, I, I think one of the cool things with, with insulin is uh, they're starting to get it to where uh, I think the, if I, if I read it correctly, because this is, I mean, this is always one of those diabetes uh, or insulin diabetes type articles always do really well because there's a lot of people out there who are dealing with this. And so people want, um, again, people want to survive. They want to thrive. They want to be able to, uh, you know, to, to have uh, some uh, recourse out there. And so, but anyway, I think there's that new pen that does not have to be refrigerated or, or maybe it has to be refrigerated once it's used. Um, you know, there's some wallets that um, if you've ever had one of those neckties where you uh, you soak it in water and then it activates that gel and then you put it around your neck and it keeps you cool. They have wallets like that as well where you uh, you can put your insulin in and then you dip dip that wallet or you dip the wallet before you put the insulin in, I guess. You dip the wallet in and then it just has this, uh, uh, you know, this, this effect where it keeps it kind of cool. Uh, and of course, you know, if the grid went down, you would need some kind of solution there. But, uh, you know, that's, that's one of those things to kind of talk about. The other thing, or not talk about, but to think about, you know, do you have any family members that are, that are in, your, in your family that uh, maybe need to uh, think about that, right? And again, they might not be preppers, but you can bring up the Puerto Rico thing, right? Like, hey, you know, what if we were in Houston or what if we were in Puerto Rico and you couldn't go to the store and get your insulin? You know, do you have any ideas what you would do? You know, can you can you get, you know, multiple, can you get, uh, can you buy as much as you want? I mean, what is it? Because uh, I know that at one time my father-in-law could buy, could stock up uh, as, as much as he wanted to. Uh, there was one insulin that, that I remember him being able to do that. Um, right now, I don't think the one that he has uh, would, would allow him to do that. Um, the other thing is is that I, I want to briefly bring up because we've talked about our senior or uh, not se- senior but seasoned uh, citizens out there. Um, you want to you want to take those people into consideration if you're if you're prepping. I know we we talk about hey I'm prepping for myself. I don't even have enough to prep for my families and things like that. But I mean think about it. Do you have an elderly neighbor that uh, if if the poop hit the fan would would need some help? Uh, you know, uh, is there somebody across the street? What about your own parents? Maybe your own grandparents? Do you have some kind of uh, system? Do you have some kind of uh, situation where you would be able to help them, reach out to them and help them, uh, maybe bring them in, uh, you know, something, some kind of plan along those lines? Uh, you know, it's one, it's one thing right now when everything is good and, and happy and dandy and be able to say, you know what, now they're, you know, they're on their own. They went through the Great Depression or whatever, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's another thing when you're in the situation and your heart starts to like, you realize, you know what, I've got family members out there that are suffering. You know, I bring up my, uh, the guy that, that uh, works in the cafe in my, in my office building whose family lives in Puerto Rico. And when he did not know what was going on, he was, he was crushed. I mean, he was coming to work. He was doing what I'm sure he needed to be able to, uh, he needed to be able to distract himself a little bit, but you could tell, I mean, he wasn't his, his cheerful self. Uh, and, uh, you know, people would ask him and he would be very appreciative. Thank you for asking and all that kind of stuff. Uh, now he has heard from them and they are safe. Actually, he was able to bring his uh, his parents 
over to the United States. So uh, that's right, because I, I talked with him recently. So that is really good. But other family members, uh, they're they're okay. They're they're doing good. They're all right. Um, but you know, it, you, you never know when you're in the midst of that situation how your heart is going to to break or you, how you know how you're going to respond. Right now, it's kind of like ah, uh, you know, they're on their own. Um, so it, it's good to just even war game it a little bit. You know, uh, what would I do? Uh, like we do the conflicted uh, tomorrow. I have a, a scenario for you for conflicted, and uh, you know, it's kind of a crazy one. Uh, if you if kids listen to this podcast, you might not want to. It's not anything sexual or anything like that. But anyway, it's kind of a you know more of a a gory type uh, scenario. So you might not want your kids listening to that one, but. You know, you war game it. You know, it's like, what would I do in that situation? Not take yourself in, not put yourself the way that you are right now with all your supplies, all the things that you have, and put yourself in that situation. But if you were in that situation, how would you, how would you play that out? And so, it, you know, war game this one a little bit. You know, it, do I have an elderly neighbor? What would I do? How would I, how would, how would that all play out? Would I just leave them, you know, uh, to, to fend for themselves? You know, uh, you know, what would I do? Uh, and, and start to consider some of those things. But, uh, you know, like I said, the medicine issue plays into uh, a lot of that. And if there are any people out there that are uh, webmasters that you are, that you're listening, uh, one of the things that, you know, I, again, like I said, I think is very, very needed is, is addressing some of the needs and, and the things that are going on with, um, with our seasoned preppers. And, and, you know, sometimes it's hard for, because I, I've thought about, you know, how can, how can I even, because I do write, right? And so I, I do put some articles out there on Ed That Matters, but I, it would be very, very hard for me to come from a, a, a point of experience. Everything that I would come from would be like, okay, this is what I think maybe an older person needs, or maybe this is what I think a disabled person needs. If you are out there and you are in the scenario that I'm talking about, maybe you are a disabled prepper, maybe you are a seasoned prepper, and you can get to the internet and you can get to the Prepper Website Podcast, uh, episode 171, or for that matter, you can email me or whatever, you know, whatever. Um, draw me a line, but not just a line, I, you know, give me a little bit more information of, about what kinds of things you're going through, you're kind of facing. I'd like to, I'd like, or, or things that maybe have crossed your mind if the poop hits the fan. Um, yeah, I, I get uh, every once in a while, I'll get you know the the one-liners type thing, but I, you know, you almost need a little bit more maybe to kind of help. And uh, if it's not an article that I can write, maybe it is, uh, you know, maybe I can put it out there. Maybe other people can provide some information. Because I, I think this is going to, we do have an older generation. We do have, uh, you know, people are living longer. And I think this is going to be one of those, uh, you know, one of those topics that I think is, 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 uh, is, is very needed in preparedness. I've been talking about that for a while. I just, it's very hard for me to, uh, to come from, a, from a, a point of real experience on that because, you know, I'm only in my 40s. So, um that would be great. I know that I, I was talking, we were talking here about medicine and we kind of went into talking about older people and, and disabilities and all kinds of things, but I think it all kind of plays into it. You know, we're, we're starting to think about, you know, what, what we need to, to, to have in place, what we need to be able to, uh, to, uh, to do, to be able to survive if things, you know, go south. And really, 
when you think about it, it doesn't even really have to go that far south, right? You don't have to go like, uh, man, like, you know, uh, Book of Eli, you know, apocalyptic, you know, end of the world type stuff. Uh, we just need to, the economy to, to crap out a little bit more, right? Uh, we need some natural disasters to really, uh, you know, hurt this, uh, this, uh, the, the nation, right? Uh, maybe some, uh, electrical cyber attack, whatever. And, and, and we start to really feel this, this, this issue that I'm talking about. It becomes really, really real, really, really fast. And so, uh, I always think it's important to kind of think through some of these things. So, uh, thank you for indulging me and being able to uh, kind of just ramble a little bit on that one. I won't, uh, I won't edit this one out. I, I, I promise on that one. Uh, last night was just, it was like, no, I'm not even making sense anymore. So anyway, um, thanks so much for listening to, uh, to the podcast and be a, being a part of the podcast. Guys, I, I am so excited about the growth of the podcast and, and you know people that are listening out there. Uh, people that are coming, I mean, I see the, the, demographic, the, the demographics and the statistics, the analytics is what I'm trying to say. Uh, I've been saying demographics at work for uh, stuff that I've been doing. Uh, I'm seeing the analytics and I just really, uh, I'm just really excited because, you know, we're, we're, we're growing and uh, that's very, very exciting to me, uh, knowing that I'm just not out here just talking to, uh, just talking, it's just me and my microphone talking uh, on, uh, on this podcast. So uh, I do appreciate all of you that are listening. Uh, it means the world to me. Uh, I'd love for you to come out to the Facebook group and be a part of that. Even if you come and you just lurk, right? Even if you just come and lurk for a while, uh, you know, there's uh, there's a lot of good stuff that happens. And it's not it's not as active as some. You know, sometimes there are some Facebook groups that you know five, six, seven posts are, are popping down every single day. And uh, sometimes that happens. Sometimes that doesn't. Sometimes maybe there's one, maybe two. But uh, I, I love the, the, you know, how people are coming in and they're, they're cordial, they're helpful. And uh, if, if you are a new prepper and you have questions, that's the place to go. I, I'm just telling you. I'm not saying that because it's, it's, it's the, the prepper website Facebook group. I'm just telling you because I've seen some things out there. I've experienced some others. And uh, I know that this, this group right here will try to help you as much as possible. And so uh, you are welcome to come, uh, come join us. You can go to, to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com and just click on free Facebook group and it will get you over there and you just request to join. And uh, just, you know, uh, if you're barring the fact that you're somebody who's going to come in and spam us, uh, you'll be approved and you can come be, be a part of that. If you haven't joined the email list, I'd love for you to be able to do that. Uh, I'll send you out a free PDF. Uh, nine experts share their top seven uh, kit items, uh, and I'd like to send that to you, as well as you get to give me a little bit of information, like I said, on that survey, and uh, you know, you know, help me out to uh, to uh, to know you know future topics and future things that need to be taken care of, you know, in the preparedness community uh, that we can we can handle if we can. Uh, at Ed That Matters or on the podcast or, or whatever. Uh, sometimes people ask me, you know, for advice. Hey, Todd, what should I be writing on? And I'm like, hey, I, you know, I kind of throw it out there. I, I know that people are asking about this or people are wanting this. So go for it. You know, I can't I can't sit down and write every single day. I would love that. That would be great. But I can't do that. So anyway, if you get a chance, come over to episode 171 or any of the other uh, episodes 
on the Prepper Website podcast. Leave me a comment. I get those and uh, I'd love to hear you know your feedback on that. Or you can hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Always love connecting with you on, uh, on social media. So with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government, on the grid, or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.